Welcome to Art Ladders, The Creative Climb with Valerie Allen and Armin Mersman. This podcast is focused on interviews, features, and stories about art. It's for artists and art lovers. I'm Val. I'm the abstract artist in the group, joined by Armin, the realist. everyone and welcome to episode 10 of Art Ladders. We've made it to the first 10 episodes, Yay. which is a mile marker really. That's awesome. So, and we are here today and I'm actually in Nashville, Tennessee yes. with artist Rachel McCampbell. And Armin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm taking advantage of you being gone for a few days and just being in a studio. So, uh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's nice to be isolated with just Jasper and myself. Jasper's my dog, so. Oh, that's great. Oh, we're so glad you can be here, Armin. He's back in Midland. We're down here in near Franklin, Tennessee. That's right. And I'm here with Rachel McCampbell. She has traveled the world. She has lived in all sorts of wonderful places like Los Angeles, Florence, Italy, London, England, New York City. But she is back at her roots here in Tennessee, in Nashville. You grew up in East Tennessee, correct? I did. Oh, wonderful. on a farm. Oh, it's kind of like I grew up on a farm as well. So Maybe that's why we relate to each other. That's probably. Farm girls. Yes, that's (laughs) right. Rachel and I met at an open house for Plaza Arts in Cincinnati, Ohio. We were... Our demoing stations were next to each other, Mm -hmm. and it was just so fun to get to know you then. I know. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we have the golden educator background in common. Yes. We're both uh, golden golden girls. Yeah, we are. (laughs) So, and we love that, and we talk about that quite a bit. And uh, you've gone into several other different arenas in the art materials world. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have. Which is very interesting. And You know, we're going to start way, way back. Mm-hmm. What was your very first art materials as a as a oh, child? Gosh. We're yeah. proponents for giving children great supplies in, in the beginning. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I had great supplies. I had standard crayons and things like that, mm-hmm. um, pencils. And I don't even remember having paints. My mother painted um, and she was an amateur painter, but... Um, she painted in oils, so that wasn't something I was doing. But mainly my first memories of growing up on this farm and mm-hmm. uh, there's nothing to do and no, you know, we didn't watch TV very much or anything. So the entertainment would be making art and writing plays and just doing creative things outside. So um, that's what we did. And I played a lot with cardboard and building houses and and just doing little drawings and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think I got the bug, entered a, a contest in third grade and won and started thinking, oh, uh, okay, uh, there's something here and just kept mm-hmm. following it. And it was just something that came easy to me. Mm-hmm. So I think I followed it for that reason because mm-hmm. it just, I would win little awards in school. And so I thought, you know, when that happens to you, you just start thinking, well, I must, I'm, maybe this is what I'm meant to do. Oh, absolutely. You start getting some positive reinforcement yeah, like that yeah. and contests in the beginning. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned third grade. That seems to be a very pivotal 
grade for children. Mm. Oh, is that right? And, uh, yes, because that was about the same time I kind of started thinking about the artist. Mm -hmm. Armin, now you grew up in, uh, you grew up in Germany, as everyone knows out there in Episodeville. But uh, by third grade, you were in, um, you were in the States, weren't you? I was, yeah, I was in the States uh, for the second grade, actually. I got redshirted because I couldn't speak uh, the language, so. Had to had to start kind of over again, but uh, yeah, that's around that time when uh, you know people started commenting to me, uh, "Oh, you do really good art," you know. So I'm like, "Why wow, do something good?" So <laughs> yeah, I just kept going. Um, did you have siblings, or do you have siblings? I'm the youngest of six. Yes. Oh, okay. so okay. right. And um, were, I th were I think... they supportive? Well, if you're the if you're the youngest, they'll never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> supportive um no i i don't know i i have a sister who's a potter um and we're actually teaming up to do a workshop together with painting and pottery mm -hmm. so um we've always related about our art more than the other and i have another sister my eldest sister who was a fashion illustrator uh when she graduated from college so she has the art background but then she followed genealogy for years and now she's back in art hmm. so mm -hmm. she's kind of picked it up later in life again. But I think my mother being an artist and a writer, mm -hmm. she was a, she liked to write speeches and stories and she was just a very strong influence mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, the family background. And you know, I'm down here in Nashville with my sister. Yeah. And uh, she's more of a musician style oh, artist. But okay. it's fun. You're going to have a collaboration with your sister. Yes. We're, we're always kind of dreaming up fun projects that we can work on. Yeah, too. that's great. You get a lot of energy bouncing back and forth that way. Yeah. yeah. And the music art connection, I find really uh, just dovetails really nicely. I'm around a lot of music people, songwriters especially, who are amazing painters. And mm -hmm. I, I, I'm just very, always very interested in how, you know, the music influences the art and the art influences the music. And then sometimes they're doing both. Oh, beautiful. Right. And, you know, that was actually one of the questions I wanted to approach you with was yeah. the connection with you living here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And driving in to Rachel's home today, it was just a beautiful drive. And I could yeah. see a lot of the es estates and fun things. And I'm yeah. imagining there's a lot of singers that live out this direction. There are. There are a lot, uh, a lot of musicians, um, singers, songwriters, performers, all kinds of people have moved out into this country area. I think they, they like the proximity to Nashville and mm -hmm. yet... Um, it has a country feel out here with horse country. Yeah. Yeah. It so, sure does. Um, but it's interesting when you go to a party and you say, I'm an artist, people say, oh, a singer, what, what music, what, what instrument do you play? And I go, no, I'm a painter. <laughs> <laughs> so there aren't that many painters out here. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Rachel, did you ever uh, had to make a choice early in your life to be either a musician or a visual artist? I know music has always been extremely important to me. Mm. And uh, I've always been interested in it. And uh, I love the energy you get from musicians. It's different than from visual artists. Yes. So at some point I had to make a decision, probably because I was crappy at guitar that made it for me. So, you know. <laughs> Well, Armin, I have zero musical talent. So I took piano for seven years and I can't even play chopsticks. And I have a brother who picked up a guitar with no lessons and taught himself classical Spanish 12 string guitar. Oh. And I'm just like, 
Really? Okay. <laughs> well, I guess some people are born doing music. They just mm -hmm. are born to be able to do it. And I can't. I can't do it, mm -hmm. but I appreciate it and I love it and yeah. I play it while I work. So. Right. That's <laughs> and, you know, when you're at these parties and things and you're yeah. do you have any in-depth discussions with a musician about the creative process? Have well, you, that's funny that you say that. I was at a birthday party just last night and uh -huh. uh, in this area and there were a lot of singer songwriters and performers there. Mm -hmm. And my husband, who's a landscape architect, got into a big, heavy conversation with one of the songwriters going, how in the world do you come up with this out of nowhere? Mm -hmm. And he was going, well, how do you come up with <laughs> your designs? I mean, I don't understand how you look at a, a lot of a plot of land and figure out a master design on that. It just looks like grass to me, you know. So, <laughs> you know, we just got yeah. get into these discussions about the creative process, mm -hmm. um, but it's it's in I think in a lot of ways very similar uh, mm -hmm. for everyone, mm -hmm. and a lot of ways very different too. Um, mm -hmm. I do too. I know, like Armin just mentioned, how influenced he is by music, and I I love working with music and thinking about composers in particular. Yeah. And so the singer songwriter scene down here is really interesting. Maybe tonight yeah. I'll get to hear from. <laughs> Singer songwriters, I'm excited. Oh, good, I good. Get, I have to pick your brain after this podcast. Yeah, see where I should head out. There's to. so much talent here; it's <laughs> oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Exciting, exciting it is, city. It is. Yeah. Well, getting back to you and your art materials, mm -hmm. you work in quite a few. Can you yeah. give us a summary of <sighs> yeah all the materials? I know, and I, I love it that you and Armin have such a different way of working. Uh -huh. That to me is really exciting. You know, and yet you guys, you know, work together and 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 you do your own thing as well. But um, I think I lean more toward the Val side over here, and uh, <laughs> yay! Because I love materials. Yeah. I'm an art materials junkie. <laughs> I love it. I just nothing more exciting than walking to an art store, right? But um, I love uh, experimentation, and mm -hmm. I never want to lose that. Mm -hmm. And at first, I kind of was beating myself up for that going no stick with one thing and one thing and one <laughs> style and never leave it for the rest of your life and I was like no I can't do that and plus I love to teach mm -hmm. and so I think it's very I think it's great for teachers to have and you do Armin and you do too Val so much information about all kinds of mediums and and I think if you have that um, it's just helpful because people are always asking questions. Well, how can mm -hmm. I get to there? Well, you could use acrylic and build up texture and do this. And then you could finesse with oil at the end. And, oh, I'm allowed to do that? Yes, you are. <laughs> and um, so I think working in all these different ways, just it all feeds each other, mm -hmm. don't you think? And oh, absolutely. It opens that, up creative yes, doors. It does. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times, and I, I don't know if you're like me, but when I start working with all these materials, I have no clue what the final outcome is going to be. Which is so exciting. That's the right? exciting part. I it know. doesn't trouble me at all. It's no. just, it's stimulating, really. It is. It's so, very stimulating. I think it's good for your brain. Yes, I do too. too. Not always good for your health. Sometimes I <laughs> do weird things like shellac something and then Ooh. light it on fire oh. or, you know, outside. <laughs> right. Um, but things that might be dangerous. Yes. Don't try that at home. <laughs> yeah, don't try, no, don't. <laughs> Rachel, do you, uh, do you, the material you use, does that uh, make you do, I shouldn't say it like that, but is there a different ism that comes out of it? 
for instance, if you're using oil or acrylic, yes, uh, you know mm-hmm. that leads to a certain kind of ism. Uh, I've seen you. I've seen your work as an abstractionist in cold wax. Does that automatically change your your subject matter or the way you do things? Yes. Um, But again, because I do representational art and then I I don't have any of the abstract work behind me right now because they're in galleries. But um, the abstract work, well, I mean, acrylic, I do acrylic abstract work. And then I also do the cold wax really nicely dictates that that medium dictates um abstract or it doesn't have to because i turn it into representational art all the time i have some on the table there mm-hmm. that's cold wax that you can obviously dig back in and make it representational or do mm-hmm. whatever you want but it still has this feeling and richness and look of cold wax that you can't get with just straight up oil painting mm-hmm. so i love the unexpected qualities that will happen with cold wax either in abstraction or representational it's so it does drive the ism is to answer your question absolutely um what you work with if you have an idea of an outcome but as you know val like for example if you want to make something very atmospheric mm-hmm. um you could use um in a, a gel medium matte mm-hmm. medium and layer over and get that same effect as the cold wax layered over and pushed pushing something back exactly so yeah yes. you can get it in different ways it's just how do you want to get there that's right it's just that aesthetic and we get a lot Armin and i both get a lot of questions on working with cold wax from artists mm. so it is a very uh, uh popular and fun thing to learn about. Now you recently, didn't you recently do a workshop in Cincinnati on that? I did. I did one in the spring in Cincinnati and then uh, at the barn. And then, yes, yes, at the barn. Um, I just came back from, I did a, I took 17 people to Ghost Ranch. Not all of them were painting, but we had 11 painters and we went to Ghost Ranch and, and did plein air painting. And then mm-hmm. I came back and a week later I did um a week of cold wax painting at Aramont School of Arts and Crafts in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Oh, wonderful. And that was great. I've so. always wanted to check out that that school there. Oh, it's awesome. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I can really just imagine. Great school. Now, in your cold wax workshop, I'm just kind of giving uh, artists out there kind of plant the seed yeah. to take your workshop on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you give us a rundown on just briefly what they would learn? Absolutely. I mean, cold wax is a different beast. I mean, you don't even pull out a brush, which mm. is really freeing for mm-hmm. me because the minute someone hands you a brush, what do you want to do? Or a pencil, mm. you want to start yep. getting tight. So <laughs> with the cold wax, the, the basic tools being a brayer and a squeegee and mm-hmm. palette knife. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the three main ones. Not that you don't ever use a brush, you do. But um, when I demo it, there are probably 17 different complete demonstrations I do to give just examples of not only additive, but reductive techniques with cold wax. So you can add citrusolve, which is a stronger agent than Mm -hmm. than the odorless mineral spirits. Mm -hmm. And it literally you layer up and it dissolves back through these layers and creates the most beautiful, unexpected shapes and colors and things. It just lends itself toward surprises and abstraction. Oh, it sounds so exciting. It's beautiful. And then you can add and then, and and one of my favorite parts about it is the fat on lean rule. You do not have to listen to. Mm -hmm. So you can layer five layers in one day Uh on top and it, 
and it and it takes a while to dry, but it does set up. Wow. It's beautiful stuff. And in contrast to encaustic using the heat mm -hmm. and melting the wax, you're not having to do that at no, all, right? No. And do you but you still have to worry a little bit about ventilation? Am a I little right? bit, Just yeah. A touch. Like like anything. Yeah, like, it's like any material. Yeah, especially yeah. oils, because there are solvents and and resins and things and and you just have to make sure you've you've got some mm -hmm. air nice moving air around. Through. But I, I can't I do encaustics, but I have to do it outside. Yeah. And I have to wear a mask even oh, outside. Okay. I'm very sensitive to that. Oh, very sensitive. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Armin, have you ever been tempted to try cold whack? Uh, I have been. Uh, I mean, I, I got the medium and all those kinds of things. And when I was doing my year-long residency in Cincinnati, I was planning on doing it. But, you know, that pencil keeps getting in my way. Up <laughs> that darn pencil. <laughs> I got to hide those pencils. Well, you can use mark making with cold wax. Once it gets to that dry phase, it's really oh, fun sure. to take... Um, like carbon paper, there's one on the floor there I was oh, showing yeah. in my class, yeah. or um, graphite paper or something, and then you mark make on it, and uh, it's really neat. So, yeah, I saw that you do a lot of writing on some of your pieces. Yeah, I do the simic writing where it makes well, no tell sense. Tell us a little bit about the idea behind that. Um, I just think there's something mysterious about that, um, mm -hmm. and I like, I do love to actually write. Um, I have written fiction and had one story published, but um, I don't call myself really a writer, but I did used to write a column for Nashville uh -huh. Arts Magazine. I saw that, yeah. yeah. And I really enjoyed writing and I still write. I'm writing something now, but um, so it's just almost like doing the artist pages where you can just write mm -hmm. stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that, but trying not to make the words too legible, mm -hmm. just it's it's so it's a form of mark making and another layer and another mysterious. So you're looking at that more as a design element of the piece and a narrative kind of writing for yeah. people would have. I you know Val, you've done the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you mentioned the artist way, yeah. which is by Julia Cameron, right? Were you a disciple of the morning pages? I did for years. Uh -huh. And like a lot of things, you know. Yes, I know. I get too busy. Uh -huh. But I love doing those three pages every morning yes. and just dumping. Just, you know? just, uh, just writing in cursive in a notebook. So basically, you're waking up in the morning, folks, and you... You journal for three mm. notebook pages, right. and it can be anything at all that you want to write. You don't necessarily go back and reread these, mm. but I, what I found helpful about it, and I'm like you, I stop and start, mm -hmm. and I when I'm in a real rut, I'll start and back up again because it does lift you out of certain it does. situations. It's just kind of like emptying the trash. Yes, it, it just is. you just it's release free. stuff without no edit. Yes. You're not no editing. edits. Don't you dare get a hold of a Marmon. You're going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, don't read don't her morning pages. It's like my diary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you ever journaled, Armin? I don't know if you have or not. Oh. Yeah, that's interesting. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a miserable speller, so if I write it, <laughs> I won't be able to read it anyway. And uh, about cursive, I don't. I forgot how to do that even. So. <laughs> You could write oh, it in German geez. and no one would. No know. one, no, no, that'd be very pretty too to see that. I love the idea of it, but it would just frustrate me. Yeah. 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 But some people are very religious about their journaling. Oh, you know? yes, they sure I are. I wish I could be, but 
when I am religiously doing it, as you just mentioned, I do get a lot more done. I have to admit, mm -hmm. it does organize my day. Oh, that's good. So, that's good to know. Yeah, it's yeah. very much up. And speaking of organizing yeah. days, <laughs> you have so many different uh, avenues, you know. I do. You really do. The different mediums, but not only that, the travel, the teaching, the uh, the writing segments. How yeah. do you time manage? Or do well, you? <laughs> I, I do. There's a, over there a big whiteboard that, oh, that we're looking at. And, uh -huh. Yeah, and I, I kind of break down the, the in general, when I'm doing like the jobs, um, and then those get broken down. So commissions, um, things for entering shows, mm -hmm. public art uh, that I'm working on, deadlines, um, then lists of the YouTube videos that I want to do, um, Zoom class that I want to work on, mm -hmm. my newsletter, you know, and what do I want to put in that? Yes. And then, then I have an area called personal. Yeah. And then so, the personal. And personal. that looks like some fun stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a little bit. I'm yeah. lucky enough to be in, in Rachel's studio so I can see this massive whiteboard. We also wow. have a whiteboard too. Yeah, it I works works well. It does. But yeah, you know, you've jumped into marketing yourself via emails and newsletters. And it's just your newsletter is beautiful. Oh, thank Does you. Does that take a long? I'm sure it takes a while. It takes a while. And that's where, you know, really the, the thing that takes the most time and what I'm really behind on are doing YouTube videos because yes. those are a lot of work, a lot of editing. Mm -hmm. But I like to put out just free material for teaching and encourage people to paint because, mm -hmm. I don't know, that just is a big thing in my heart is, is to encourage people to paint mm -hmm. and, um, get them out there and find the same joy that I find mm -hmm. and the thing that's helped my life so much. Mm -hmm. So I, that's what I'm trying to get across with those things mm -hmm. is like, you know, it's not that hard. Come on, join me. Let's go. Right. So. Right. Oh yeah. I get, I love seeing your emails come or your email with the newsletter in it comes oh, through yeah. and I've been able to keep up with you because as golden artists, we're kind yeah. of running all over the country we are. and we're not intersecting that much in person. Your newsletter helps me keep track of you. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So, and, and speaking of the videos, your painting with series, painting with Rachel series. Oh, yeah. oh you've had some great guests on there. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah I Tell need me to your start. most exciting. Well, it's, yeah. it's been fun. I, I just started it, but then COVID hit. And so, yeah. Yeah. um, I haven't, I haven't started that back up yet again. Uh, but I think I'm about to, I'm going to get my booster next week. And good, most of the good. people I know are getting their boosters and feel like, okay, let's uh -huh. start this up again. Start that up. Um, but I've, I've had Naomi Judd on mm -hmm. a few times. She's, she's come to paint with me and, and I thought I would keep it with people in the Nashville music scene. Oh, area. that's a great idea. Um, Leslie Satcher, who's a phenomenal, really successful songwriter and great artist. Um, and I've had uh, uh, Amanda Shires and I did something with her mom, Lisa Fallon, who's an amazing painter. And then I have some people lined up to do some things uh -huh. as soon as, yeah, as yeah. soon as we can get doing, you know, probably get through the holidays and start that back up again. Sure. And yeah. people can find these on your YouTube channel, right? They can. It's McCampbell Art Studio. McCampbell Art Studio on yes. YouTube. And yes. those are all on there. Yeah, there's yeah. instructional and then the painting with friends. And I think that's about it. Mm -hmm. It's on there. Oh, I yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah. We, Armin, you and I need to start making some YouTubes. <laughs>
Well, we're working our way to it. We're getting you know? there. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You know, when COVID started, um, you know, Zoom was alien to me and and I'm having to buy a bunch of equipment to work with this kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. what uh, what Zoom has done is uh, it, it becomes more, when I teach it, I teach people from all over the world, wow. which wouldn't have ever happened if it wasn't for COVID, I guess. Right. And how do you, how do they find you? Are you on a platform for your Zoom teaching, like Teachable or something, or are you... Well, no. Uh, right now, we're doing everything through uh, Art Ladders. Um, oh, okay. You know, Which before is that, it was always yeah, connected so to Facebook. a museum as part of that. But, oh, uh, okay. Uh, I'm doing most of that on my own, I'm, I'm, or on our own, I should say. But, yeah, that's really opened up uh, a real new world. Now, one of the things I read is that uh, I liked your opinion about making a living selling art. And it's not just as you know, oh, I don't want anything to do with selling it and it's too pure. And I think that's a lot of hogwash to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, the idea is that it, you want it to excite other people mm-hmm. and it's nothing graded when they buy it and put it in their homes. To me, that's the mm-hmm. finishing part of making art. Right. Yeah. If you can create something with your own personal passion and joy and someone tunes into that and it, resonates with them and gives them joy, then I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, yeah, I think it's important. I try to do price points too, where people can buy something very small or something very large. I want to make it where people can, where art is accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. I try right, to go right. for that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I do really, really, really large commissions. Like right now I've got two panels that are four feet by four feet for someone's home and, and, they're pricey. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to take me months and months to do. Right, and um, right. so a lot of people can't go there, but they can they can go with a piece on paper or smaller panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good way to look at it. Yeah. And you also do a lot along with this, with fundraising and donating oh, yes. your pieces and very, very generous. Yeah, and try to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, we you were asking me about um, we gosh, when was that? I think it was. Oh, well, I can't remember the exact date, but um, this this year we had a creek party um, where I'm on the advisory board for the Harpeth River Conservancy, which is oh, an yeah. environmental organization, and mm-hmm. 501c3. And they um, they work on, you know, really from a scientific point of view, keeping the creeks and waterways clean and mm-hmm. viable. So I really support what they do. I think our water is hugely important and, and threatened. Yes. So um, how appropriate to have a party. This is our second one with them to have it in the creek where all the tables <laughs> and linens and candles and everything's in the creek. And to get to the food, you have to cross the creeks. So everybody wears their boots or their water <laughs> shoes and you sit in the creek and you eat. And then we have live music with amazing music and um and and uh, and then some people sit on the banks and we have twinkle lights everywhere. It's, it's just very magical. Oh, it's very magical. I did see photos of that. Yeah. And it looked so inviting and fun. Yeah, and there were photos cool. of you. If I've got this right, you almost had like a evening gown with boots on or something. <laughs> I don't know. Just, just a dress. It yeah. was a pretty dress. <laughs> and then uh, the other thing was the twinkle lights were 
I don't know how you did that, but they were over the creek and yeah. over the table. And it yeah. was just amazing. Right. Well, so, that was a lot. Harpeth Conservancy, they, they did uh, an amazing job oh with the, boy. designing it. They uh -huh. had a designer and, you know. It's great, great concept for a fundraiser. Absolutely. Yeah, it was very cool. <laughs> we didn't. We were mainly the hosts, you know, uh -huh. they did the majority of the work. But and I put my art up everywhere to kind of allow yeah. or give uh, kind of a living room experience mm -hmm. too out there. We mm -hmm. kind of created that. So that was fun. And they could look at all the art. And yeah, it was beautiful. And, I, and I'm a big proponent of, um, you know, a lot of artists can't just stroke a big check to the causes that they love, but they can donate their home for an event or they can donate a painting to an event, but I do, I'm, I'm very picky about mm -hmm. what I donate to because mm -hmm. I've seen those mishandled uh -huh. way too many times. And it's frustrating to go to the event and see the art shoved over in a dark corner yeah, and yep. no That's one's right. selling it correctly mm -hmm. and no light on it. And that just drives me crazy. Yes. So yes. I cannot encourage enough whoever's doing these events uh -huh. to really focus on Honoring the art. Yes, focus so. on the artists. I, you know, I, I work in an art center now and we have silent auctions. And yeah. I think being an artist, you're more aware of how you want the other artists presented. Yeah. So it's very important to keep that, that close connection on these fundraising events right. with the artists. Because, yeah, it's like writing a check. We're giving right. paintings. Right. So. And you want to keep the value of your art up. You yes, don't want it to go yes. for nothing. That doesn't. That's right. Make it's, your collectors happy. No, it's a definite yeah. <laughs> fine line. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now um, the other outreach that you do a lot of is you take uh, travel workshops. Yes. And you've gone to Europe. Mm -hmm. First, tell us some of the places you've taken folks to. Well, um, Spain and Italy mm. and the Cotswolds in England. Um, oh, beautiful. And then I've, I worked on a trip to Ireland, but everything kind of had to be canceled because of COVID. Uh -huh. So that actually did not happen. Um, but Italy several times, that's kind of my mm -hmm. to-go happy place mm -hmm. is Italy. Oh. Tuscany, so great. But um, yeah, a lot more in the future. And I have one coming up this June in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, at a beautiful historic inn. And we'll be painting plein air in these beautiful locations like a covered bridge and mm -hmm. beautiful barns and standing in the middle of a rushing mountain stream and painting the rocks and the trees and kind of some of these kind of imagery behind mm -hmm. me. If you see a video, you would see that. Yeah. But um, anyway, it, it's just, uh, I love doing the workshops because Again, there's some great joy I get from from passing on my enthusiasm to others about painting my my knowledge of what I know I'm happy to share. And then I really like the art community that happens. And I mm -hmm. do a circle time at the end of the day where we talk about what we went through that day, what mm -hmm. we learned, what we what our hopes and dreams are, whatever it is, you know, that day we have a discussion and everybody goes around and shares. And I just think it deepens the art experience because artists can be so isolated and mm -hmm. alone mm -hmm. and to not have someone to talk about these things with is is kind of sad. So I like creating this art community that always continues afterwards. These people become lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. uh, we have group texts, group emails that we continue with. And I just I don't know. I love all that. 
it, and mm-hmm. so and, well, I, and I love to travel. It seems like a perfect fit for you, just yeah. knowing your personality yeah. and in just like you said, gathering the folks together in the evenings to talk about things. And yeah. it's just great. Yeah, it's really fun. So you have that one coming up in Gatlinburg. I have that one. And I didn't plan much more than that at this point right. um, in 2022 because I have two big public art commissions oh, I'm working yes, on. And they're, yes. they're going to take a lot of time and they have been taking a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't want to overbook things. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to attend like the Oil Painters of America convention oh, in Steamboat Springs. I want to go to that. So there are a few uh, things I want to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and, right. Yeah. To, uh, to network and to, I'm guessing at those conventions, you yeah. learn lots, lots of things. You learn lots of things. You meet lots of artists. You you get to participate in a paint out if you want to. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I like that too. It's like that lifelong learning and just, yes. yeah, keeping yeah. everything exciting. and Right. Wow, so many, so many things that pop in my head as I talk to you, <laughs> especially <laughs> about the uh, the workshops and things. Do you still yeah. have room in your Gatlinburg? Workshop? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. There's okay. there's room. You have beautiful par- private room. The the meals are amazing. It's like mm-hmm. luxurious dining and views of the mountains. And then then we go out and paint. And we also have an area to gather in the evening and an area to paint in case there's rain. We have mm-hmm. a covered porch area as well. So I think it's a perfect location and a variety of locations that we can paint. Mm -hmm. So I think that'll be great. I know in our region, we have a a really core, great group of plein air artists. And I'm an abstract artist, you know, because you and I have talked about that. Do you, when you're doing that plein air event, do you have any folks working in abstracted mm-hmm. landscape? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. There are people who come that are palette knife painters. And so they're doing real expressive, just indicative mm-hmm. landscapes, mm-hmm. you know, very, very, very loose, very abstracted. Um, and sometimes I do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm one of those people who likes to mix it up. Yeah, so that's right. I might get acrylics and just get really wilder with it and paint with a squeegee and mm-hmm. just do different things. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a variety of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a question for you, Rachel. I am, and we just did an episode before this called uh, Many Hats for One Beret. And that, that kind of uh, is about mediums and people that are very experimental and use a lot of mediums. And then there's me. Um, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you know, there was this, this situation where I, I really wanted to learn to draw because I found that to be really the foundation of anything, of everything. And then uh, you know, I, I couldn't get away from it, to be honest with you. But, you know, I've painted in oil and such, but you choose a lot of different stuff. And I think we covered that already. But sometimes your work is more of a narrative, like the chandelier pieces that you mm-hmm. worked on. Tell yes. us a little bit about those. Well, that one was something I did as kind of a commentary <clears throat> on environmental, my environmental um, issues that I, I like to focus on. And so I started thinking, what what could I put in the landscape that might have some sort of meaning that would be... It could be interpreted different ways, but the chandelier itself is like a, it's like, I don't know, a symbol of being 
luxurious yes. and fancy and yes. you've made it in the world. You have a chandelier. Uh-huh. And um, so we have a problem with encroachment, you know, especially out here in Tennessee. It's just the developers coming in and just swooping oh. and getting all the land. The reason that we moved out here is because of the beautiful open oh, fields. And it's beautiful out here. Yeah, it's beautiful, but yeah. they are quickly disappearing. Oh. And so I'm not against urban growth. I'm, I'm for smart urban growth. And so I just would like to see things more condensed and have a smaller carbon footprint and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So I thought it'd be interesting to paint chandeliers like these large, bigger than life looming chandeliers that are Yes, luxury and and things that are beautiful, but they're out of proportion and they do not mm-hmm. fit in to these beautiful God-given landscapes that I think are here. I see one behind you there. Yes, there is one. Yeah, yeah. it is. Right and there. and we will put these in the show notes too. So oh, okay. Send me some JPEGs of sure. the of the work. Are those oil paintings? Those are oil. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um. This one is uh, acrylic, though. This one, I put this up just to show the kind of difference between um, the acrylic and the oil mm-hmm. when I'm doing a landscape. These get a little brighter and things like that. And mm-hmm. I have a bunch of plein air paintings down here, and um, and I have abstracts over there, so I could um, show those in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do enjoy the idea of bouncing back and forth. From, I like having, like, three or four panels going at one oh, time. Great. I don't know if y'all do I that. I do that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I really like that, don't you? Yeah, I do. It's very productive. Too. It's productive, <laughs> especially if you're working in the same medium. Yes. Because you could just say, hey, what's well, on my oh, brush? Here. I think I'll add it there and right. there and there and there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, it's yeah. very, very good way to work. Yeah. So I think so too. Yeah. And I'm in the process of getting a studio studio um it's not there yet but um i've been working in my house upstairs and downstairs and everywhere mm-hmm. and it's it's crazy so mm-hmm. um and especially since i'm doing larger and larger pieces um like the public art pieces i'm doing are quite mm-hmm. large and you've got you know how that is you've got oh, to have yeah. some room to you've stand back and time and space and yeah. that's what we need all yes. the time yes and to set the scene for the listeners out here i'm I'm here with Rachel in the, her farmhouse. Yes. Probably built in what, the 1800s? Well, about 1905. 1905. Yeah. Okay. Tall mm-hmm. ceilings, at least 12, 13 feet ceilings. Yeah. A lot of, would you call that shiplap uh, or beadboard? Beadboard. Beadboard yeah. everywhere. Beautiful finished wood, hardwood floors. Wonderful rustic antiques right up by alley. <laughs> she has a zinc uh, bar in the, ki- you know, yeah. covered. The textures and the the sagey greens, it's just beautiful. Thank you. It's just your look, I oh, feel. Yeah. And we're in probably what would be considered the parlor, maybe? Yeah, this was the dining room, actually, but I've transformed it into one of the painting studios. And then there's uh-huh. one upstairs uh-huh. as well that... Uh-huh. It's just, it's got big windows all across one wall. So there's a lot of great natural light up there. Oh Um, gosh, it's just great. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to give people a little taste of this this area that we're in. Yeah, this house is um, distressed. um, I would say it's it's, it's just, it's been lived in. Uh, The last family that was here, I think there were 13 kids. 13 kids. And- So I love that things aren't perfect. It's just nicked up and 
things are a little wonky and and we had a huge flood in 2010 that flooded this house Uh and and a lot of things around here we had a crazy thousand year flood in nashville Mm. and so Things are even wonkier now. A little and, bit wonky, but, but that's it's perfect the charm. for me. That's oh, it's perfect for an artist. You can I, totally. you can drop paint, and no one has to worry. Exactly, <laughs> and that's part of what um, my thing is on YouTube. Is it's called the imperfect painter, oh, and mm-hmm. that's what I really want mm-hmm. to embrace. Is mm-hmm. that I'm not trying to be perfect. Uh, I think I've had years of perfectionism issues. And so mm-hmm. I think just embracing the imperfection is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, at well, this point. good point. Yeah. Very good point. And the house reflects it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Armin, before we close, and you've been listening to us, we're down here having fun right right here next to each other. Yes. You're out there in Zoom land. Um, <laughs> uh, any thoughts? I like being in Zoom land. You like that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. You can... Uh, yeah. A closing thoughts, Armin. Well, I'm just excited about uh, you being on our show, Rachel. And uh, I spent some time looking at your work and really studying it. And I think, you know, you do all these facets extremely well. Thank you. Uh, I think uh, um, your experimentation shows through and it's, it's a very positive thing. And you, you, your excitement about the art go comes through everything I've read. Mm-hmm. And I think you're doing a great, great job, especially with your workshops. Um, uh, you haven't talked about the Mobius strips. So. Oh yeah. Um, that's interesting. I, I have a friend who actually created this for me. I told him what I wanted, the size I wanted. He owns a metal factory. And so he had this thing built where it was an 11 foot long, I think it's about 30 inches high strip of metal that he then twisted into the shape of a Mobius strip and welded it together. And then I bonded, put Bondo and, you know, made this, mm-hmm. made it seamless. And, um, and then gessoed the whole thing in a, in a certain way. And I did a video on how to gesso metal, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, Really loved painting that. And the reason I did that was for the Harpeth Conservancy. Um, I haven't shown it in a show yet. Mm-hmm. I still need to do that. Mm-hmm. But it has a motor and it it moves. And it it's called Flowings is that one that I did. And it starts with water in East Tennessee moving all the way through the pathways um, and the waterways in Middle Tennessee and West Tennessee. And then goes down the Mississippi and out the Gulf and then comes back as a storm again in East Tennessee. And so that was the idea of water, the recycling of Uh how water flows and then having it go in a circular motion. And so you can kind of experience the whole micro macro view Mm -hmm. that I did, but that, that was what that piece. I like the continuum of not only the physical painting, but the idea of it itself, Mm -hmm. as you just explained. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And I have another one that I'm doing exact same size, but it's going to be abstract. So Mm -hmm. it's just not finished. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea because I get a lot of questions from artists saying, how, how do you uh, blend social practice with your artwork? That's a, that's a big question, you know? And so that is a good example of blending your Mm -hmm. social awareness and, and with your aesthetic. And it's, it's so, uh, 
like you say, seamless. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, great concept. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank and you. It, it, that seems to me, you know, you mentioned your, your outreach into public art now. Yes. Which for... Uh, for 2D artists, can be a little trickier, slipperier slope to get into public art. Yes. And any um, any thoughts on that as you're getting into that world? Well, one of them, as a 2D artist, I'm doing um, a huge, it's called, we're calling it the Art Cube. It's for a healthcare facility for their, it's their central point in, when you walk in and they've, mm -hmm. they've taken the design that I did for this cube which is made out of stained glass. Mm -hmm. And so it's about eight feet by eight feet by eight feet, you know, around. And so I did all the design work. I'm also the project manager and art director over this public art piece. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's a way a 2D artist can then work yeah. overseeing a three-dimensional process. And then the other one that I'm doing for a big hospital involves um, art that moves mm -hmm. and it's it's computerized and motorized and i hired an animator to create my vision because i don't know as a 2d artist how to make that sure. look three-dimensional i'm not trained in that way mm -hmm. so he did what my vision and what i drew and he did that and that way they could see the vision and mm -hmm. then they the whole committee said oh yes that's what we want yeah. so that's another way so it'll be moving three-dimensionally right in a space, but it's a 2D art. But it's a 2D art. So yeah. that's that's really helpful for artists to think that yeah, way, to absolutely. start blending something you may not be familiar with at all. Like you're mm -hmm. saying the metal smithing and the, the animation of right. different objects. You hire someone. You just seek that help. <laughs> yeah, you, you seek, seek that, that help. help. And yeah. it takes you on a whole new avenue for your art. Exactly. That's very exciting. Yeah, there are plenty of fabricators out there who will work with artists. You know, you just, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Coda Works. Coda uh, Works. Coda, no. C-O-D-A-W-O-R-X. And okay. they are kind of the umbrella or whatever. They're, they're the one-stop shopping where you can go and you can see all kinds of public art. You can, they have filters where you can look into what type of art. It could be 3D, it mm -hmm. could be 2D. Uh, healthcare, it could be outdoors whatever. So, so you can look through and see all that. And then they also have listings of all the people who brought that together. So you can find those fabricators. Oh, that is such yeah. a great resource. Great. Resource. That's going on the show notes, folks. Oh, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> yeah. They're awesome. And they have conventions and things for public art because uh -huh. some people that's all they do is public mm -hmm. art. And I'm blessed to get these two big jobs. I am. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where public art will go from that, mm -hmm. but uh -huh. I think, and I want to say this to your artists, I mean, it depends on how people feel about their art. But um, again, it's it's kind of like putting yourself out there on podcasts like you guys are doing or YouTube or anything. You want to spread something, some information, some joy, some something. And when I get letters from people who've seen my public art, like I did a big installation at a children's hospital mm -hmm. and they write with a picture of their daughter in front of it oh. saying how she had come here for two years mm -hmm. and she can't wait to go and touch the sculptures and look oh. at the paintings. And, and it just, it just oh. makes you feel like, okay, mm -hmm. my art is worth it's, something, yes. you know, worth not yeah. that it wasn't worth something anyway, but you know what I mean? The fact that it can reach out and right. 
it's speaking to folks. Yeah, it's making especially, connection. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And healthcare art is special to my heart too because um, I do think art is healing. And uh, yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Art is healing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we will be putting a lot of this information out there for everyone. Great. You and I are going to have some fun a little bit later yes. uh, downtown and, yeah. and uh, have some lunch. Yes. And so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we're going to go look at a couple of art galleries in the little village here uh -huh. and uh, and then... I'll document some eat. still photos of that and throw it yeah. on some social media. And awesome. We'll have, we'll have a great time. Well, Armin, what? Yeah. So much fun. Oh. I'm so honored that you had well. me and so, so happy to do this. It's oh. great. Well, I made uh, that connection with you and you said yes. And every time that happens, I'm like, yeah. yay. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, I met some people from Michigan at the last um, convention I went to and I, and they were like, you should come here to teach Cold Wax Medium. And so, oh, okay. Maybe, yeah. Let's put that can, bug in I the know. bonnet. Let's, let's put that in there. I've never yes. been to Michigan. Okay. I would love to do that. Okay. Yeah. I may have a couple of connections. Let's okay. see what we can do. <laughs> all right. Cool. Oh, but so happy to yeah. meet you all. Thank well, you. Well, thank you. See you again. Not thank you, Rachel. Yeah. And good Armin. You're out there. We're going to say goodbye to you. I'm going to be teaching a class in a half an hour. A okay. Zoom class. Good I don't deal. have a can of soup. All right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. Well, thank you. Okay. Thank yeah. you to Rachel and thank you to all of our listeners. You, we appreciate the listen. And uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. Yeah. And if you have any questions for Rachel, yeah. throw those out here too. We'll get in contact with her. Absolutely. So, so thank you. Yeah. Please, please contact a friend if you listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Just contact one other person. I yeah. think that's a it's starting to grow. <laughs> yeah, that's how it happens. Yeah. I've already been spreading the word to my oh, friends. Oh, so keep, keep doing that. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. well, thank you. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. You can find our past and future episodes at anchor.fm, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook page, Art Ladders, The Creative Climb with Valerie Allen and Armin Mersman. Special thanks to our producer, Taylor Kramer of Cold Shower Media. And check out our websites, ValerieAllenArt.com, ArminMersman.com, Stay creative, stay curious, and we'll see you next time.